Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. This is a solo duo episode where we wanted to talk about conscious relationships in the name of Valentine's Day and it being February. We're recording this on the Aquarius new moon, actually. And this Aquarius energy, I really love it because I have Aquarius rising in my personal chart, but Um, it's so interesting that we have Valentine's Day thrown into Aquarius season because Aquarius season is all about the collective and that energy of really wanting to advance the collective and raise our vibration and march to the beat of our own drummer, be unique and have progress. So I feel like a lot of that humanitarian energy is felt during February. It's also Black History Month. Um, I did want to say that I've been listening to a 1619 podcast all about um African-American culture in the United States. I think it's such an amazing listen. Just wanted to share that recommendation, but I love this Aquarius season energy. And then all of a sudden we have Valentine's Day. And I feel like that seems so random. Like I've seen a lot of people be like, why is Valentine's Day in February? But actually it's perfect because the sun goes into gate 30 when we're in Valentine's Day, which is this solar plexus energy, all about this burning, passionate, romantic desire to feel. So by looking at the gates that exist in this Aquarius season, we can actually see that this Valentine's Day energy really has a perfect fit here. Yeah. And this month actually is all about relationships and nurturing your relationships and understanding how our relationships are impacting our lives and how they can be supporting our lives or not and wanting to to give to the people around us. So it's really interesting the different themes that we come we see coming up in February each year. And then with Valentine's Day, it's been really commercialized, obviously. Um, but I also think that the root of it is wanting to feel life more deeply, wanting to feel more in love with your life or in love with your partner or feel like you're here for a reason and that you're connected and you're alive. And that's like the deep root of it. But it's obviously been capitalized to oblivion like everything in our lives is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really marketed in, with like, you know, red bow and a pink heart. And it's, you know, to each their own. But I love that we're getting to talk about this today because it just feels right on time. And relationships are so important, right? There's so many things to be said about relationships, whether that's a relationship with your significant other or whether that's your business partner or your best friend or your parents. There's so much consciousness that we can bring into it. And I think it's it's a hot topic because there's so many 
opinions and so much advice and so many don't do this, don't don't date that, um, you know, matchmaking kind of vibes going on. And we really like to use human design as a lens that can help liberate you within your relationships and empower you to bring consciousness to any relationship in your life that you're wanting to nurture and wanting to have um, flourish in your life. Yeah. And it's so interesting because for Shana and I, when we feel human design in our bodies and in our beings, it makes us feel the most excited to talk about entrepreneurship and freeing yourself in this abundance and prosperity zone and understanding your life purpose to really tap into those things. That is the realm that we have felt the most passionate to use human design in. And I think that's because that's the realm that both of us had a lot of growing to do. That's the realm where we were feeling stuck before human design and we transformed our lives in our career life purpose zone with human design. Now, other people feel really, really called to talk about relationships with human design. And for us, that just hasn't really been our number one focus, which is funny because both of us are in committed long-term marriages and use human design literally every single day of our life in those romantic (laughs) relationships. And also we use human design within our own relationship with each other as business partners. So it's funny. It's like, I'm not really sure why we haven't felt the call to talk too much about relationships before. Maybe it's just something that like we felt like we weren't really focusing on. But the more I was thinking about it, I was like, wow, actually we use human design every single day. Every conversation in our relationships, we're using this. So we really wanted to air out some of our big tips or some of the big signs that we've really noticed over the years help create that conscious relationship. And a lot of these points that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the six signs of a healthy conscious partnership. A lot of these we could not implement in our lives without the wisdom of human design. Yes. And before we dive into that, I just want to let everyone here know that we are dreaming up our next retreat or event in person. And we would love to get your feedback on what would most support you right now. We've been getting so many DMs and questions from you all for the last year of asking us when our next event is, when our next retreat is, when are we gathering next? Because our Day Luna events are so curated and so special and expansive and amazing. And we are absolutely in love with them. Um, And the time is now. We're feeling called to create that thing. However, there is kind of a pressure cooker on this situation (laughs) because I'm due July 14th. And so we're thinking that we want to do it before I get into my third trimester. So we're thinking April, aka a few months from now. And... That's a little short notice, but it's going to be amazing. So let us know on the form. There's a link in our bio. bio. There's a link in the show notes. And you can fill out and let us know know, the duration, the type of event that you're wanting. If you're wanting to go to just a human design retreat where you still learn a lot about human design, but it's more retreat focused. Or if you're wanting to do a training, either our first training or a second more advanced training, and also the duration, things like that. So you can let us know all of the details. But planning a retreat in the United States, which has been something we've been wanting to do for a few years because it's been a big request of yours or our listeners here is really difficult because the US is so expensive and nothing is included. Every place that you look at is either um, a... 
I don't even know how to say it, um, like a campsite that like you bring your own sheets and it's like you just go to like a cafeteria hall to eat and you, you know, go to the hall to watch the the speaker talk and it's just so impersonal and like bare bones. Or it's super expensive and all of the meals are literally as if you were having a wedding where it's a buffet style, but you have to, you know, it's like $150 per person per meal and it's so expensive and that would just be astronomical for everyone attending. So we've been really doing so much research trying to find the perfect place that is still beautiful, but not like out of this world expensive. And the majority of places are international, like Greece or in Mexico or um, you know anywhere else except for the United States. <laughs> so just keep that in mind as you're filling out this form and dreaming up this event with us. So stay tuned for details on what that's going to be, when and if we launch that. And let us know what you'd like to receive. The other thing that I want to say is that if you have been waiting to get a reading with us, we have availability finally for the first time in our lives. And we are <laughs> so we are so in love with meeting with you all in readings. It honestly is one of our favorite things that we do because we really get to witness you and see your gifts and tell you your purpose and help it really um, land in your life. So that way you can move forward with confidence and really celebrating your highest expression. So if you're wanting to book a reading with us and have us dive into your chart and share all of the insights that we see there, you can find all of that info in the show notes and also on our website, daylunalife.com. So we can't wait to see you, whether that's in a reading or in person at our next gathering. And let's get into relationships and partnership and why this part of our lives is one of the most important because we're all here to be these puzzle pieces. We're all here to connect and receive and give from the world around us. And having consciousness in the way in which that you do that and how you show up for yourself and others is so important. And like Dana said, it's so interesting how we haven't really focused too much on relationships. We've talked about it here and there. But our main focus has been on helping you live your purpose and liberate yourself. But so many people have asked us, like, can you please write a book on relationships? Like, there's so much that hap- that you guys do or you just talk about that is really natural. And maybe it's because we're two fours. Maybe it's because, you know, the lessons in our life that we chose in this life have, have been around other things and not relationships. But understanding relationships and having that consciousness there has been something that has come really naturally to us. And I'm excited to share these tips that we have found and observed and the thousands of clients that we've met with and all of the different ways that we use it in our own life um, with you all here. Yeah. So we're going to talk about those six signs of a healthy conscious relationship. And as we move through them, if you resonate with them in your life, obviously that's a really good sign that you're doing it right. And we always have room to grow. We always have room to lean in, but it's important to celebrate that if you connect with these points that we talk about. Also, these six points are things that any of us can focus on to enhance the quality of any type of relationship, romantic relationship, familial, friend relationship, business partnership, et cetera. And before we get into these six signs, we wanted to say, we kind of mentioned this before, but 
when it comes to connecting with the relationships in your life that are going to be conscious partnerships, it is the most crucial thing that you enter into those relationships correctly in alignment with your unique energy. So that means entering into these partnerships or relationships using your strategy and authority. So if you don't know exactly how to follow your strategy and authority, our book, Your Human Design, really walks you through that. But that's the most important thing to be focusing on if you're wanting to call in important, meaningful, aligned relationships in your life. By following your strategy and authority, you increase your magnetism. You put yourself in the right place at the right time to meet those people that you can practice these six important steps with to create these beautiful relationships that help us grow, that help us connect and collaborate and really expand into that next level of ourselves. You know, when we're really living our design and honoring our individuality and uniqueness, that's so important. That always has to come first. But then once we're living and operating as our whole self, what do we do with that energy? We want to share it with others. We want to collaborate with others and create with others. That's what life is really about. It's that beautiful polarity of being a true unique individual and then being able to share love and give love and connect with others from that space. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have a lot of conscious partnerships in my life or relationships in my life, focusing on your strategy and authority will start to move you in that direction where you align with those relationships. Um, And if you do have some relationships in your life that you're feeling like are kind of rocky right now, you can start to see where you can lean into these six steps that we're going to talk about to really increase that level of awareness in those partnerships. Yes. And we don't like to use human design for matchmaking. We really find, you know, we've seen a lot of human design readers or teachers out there saying, oh, if you're a projector, you need to be with this type. Or if you have an undefined mind, you need to be with a defined mind or you're always going to feel lost. Like There's so many different things that we've seen people try to put limits on your authority. And we really, we really believe that using your authority with your body, let's say you have sacral and you meet someone and in your mind, it's like, it doesn't make sense. They live in this country and it's far away or we don't you know, have that much in common, whatever your mind is trying to say, but your body is telling you, hell yes, I want this person. This feels right. I have energy towards this. That is your truth. It doesn't matter if they're a manifester and you're a manifesting generator. It doesn't matter anything that, you know, some outside authority is trying to put a limit on you, including human design. The most important thing is, are you listening to your body in the way that is correct for you? Because your body aka your authority, is always going to be right for you in your life in this time. So the more that you can focus on that when you're choosing a business partner, when you're choosing a, you know, a friend, or when you're choosing your partner, it's, it's always going to set you up to get the best scenario or the best energetic alignment out of that relationship. So focusing on that, like Dana said, learning about it if you're not sure what that is. And when it comes to these six points, the first one that we want to talk about is having individual responsibility. So within your partnerships or your romantic relationships, it's so important that both individuals are committed to their own wholeness. And maybe that's not the case right now for both 
of you. Maybe that's something that you're working on on your own. And that's okay. It's not about, you know, forcing your partner to start being committed to their own process, but really asking yourself, like, are you comfortable on your own? Like, do you follow your own interests outside of your relationship and committed to your own growth? That individuality, that independence of understanding who you are as an individual, what is right for you, what isn't right for you, what you love about yourself, what you're working on and trying to grow. All of that energy is the biggest gift that you can give to other people in your life because you're taking care of your side of the street. You're no longer projecting your shit onto other people. You're no longer trying to force other people to be like you, for example. You're really taking accountability for your own energy, for your own you know, trauma or things that are holding you back, for your own boundaries. And it allows you to give space and hold that space for other people to do the same in, in your life. So this point is something that it constantly takes a little bit of like, oh, let me come back to my own shit. Let me come back to being accountable for my own things. And yes, we have shared interests. And yes, we do, let's say, everything together. But internally, I know who I am. And I'm. And if I don't know who I am, I'm learning. And I'm asking questions. And I'm, I'm committed to myself just as much as I'm committed to this other person. Yes, absolutely. And this first point, I feel like is huge, right? That's why we put it as number one. And for me, I've been with my husband now for 12 years, almost 13 years. And there have been moments, especially when we were younger, where I felt like I lost myself in our partnership. Like my marriage became sort of like my identity or what I was doing with my life because I didn't actually know who I was in that moment or what I was doing. I had kind of forgotten or lost touch with that. And I found myself putting that pressure onto my partner, making him be the answer to my happiness, making him be my interest or passions or hobbies. And that doesn't work. And I really felt like the shadow from that, the wounding from that. And honestly, human design was the thing that really helped me discover this is who I am as an individual. This is how I know what my interests are, what my passions are outside of this relationship, connecting with my purpose. All of those things from human design helped me so greatly to achieve this first point of really having that individual wholeness. And that changed everything in my life, in my relationship. So I feel like this one point is so big. We could talk about it forever, but I'm (laughs) grateful that everyone here um, can use human design to help them take ownership of their own life, of their own individual being, and to um, strive to live as the truest and realest version of yourself. Because that is going to be sort of like that foundation that allows all of the partnerships or relationships in your life to have this beautiful level of harmonious and conscious energy. Yeah. And I want to just add to that, you know, the, I think the reason why a lot of us like to not be accountable in our relationships or not take ownership or or pass blame as much as we can is because we're afraid of change. We're afraid that, you know, the benefit of of blaming someone else or um pushing something, you know, onto someone else and not or not looking at your own shadows or your being accountable for your own shit is that you don't have to change. Is that it's somebody else's problem. They did this to me. It's their fault. And it just is the way that it is. 
And so I get to just be exactly as I am because it's their job to fix it. And the root of that is being afraid of change. And what if I change and now that person's not in my life anymore? Or what if I change and I've outgrown that person or everything in my life then has to change. Like I start looking at this thing and now to really honor what I'm seeing, I have to change a lot of shit in my life. And that can be really scary. But the truth is, is that when you start doing this process, the things that are have been holding you back from the most amazing shit in your life ever will fall away. And while that is scary and it might even be heartbreaking, it is the biggest gift of your life to yourself where you'll look back and say wow i really did i really did this life like i really experienced the highest highs and the lowest lows i lived i didn't just accept and be comfortable and just make it through to the end and so i just wanted to plant that seed that yes change is scary yes taking accountability is scary but when you do it it helps to weed out the shit that's not for you. So that way it makes space for the shit that is for you because it's waiting there. It's just, there's no room for it in your life. So this is your permission slip or your reminder that it's okay to be afraid, but the more it doesn't have to start with you having a difficult conversation or you breaking up with that person or you changing everything in your life just you starting to observe this is who i am this is what i love this is these are my wounds this is how i'm honoring my own individual needs and learning about myself and committing to myself it will start doing that work for you and you might find that those fears that you had actually aren't aren't valid because those other people, because you started it, they've now rose up to the occasion or they've had more freedom. And there's been so much beauty and connection and love that's fostered from your commitment to yourself, actually. So it seems scary when you're at the bottom of the mountain. But when you start climbing up day by day with awareness and accountability and self-love and honoring your own stuff you surprise yourself with the things that happen in your in your relationships. Yes, I love that. So with that first point being individual responsibility, the second point we shift gears. This is a committing to being a team in your partnerships, right? That's the second sign. Being committed to seeing all of life's challenges, the things that you're navigating as a team effort. And this is really important, right? To be able to set your ego aside and to choose to work together and to not avoid supporting your partner even when they're going through a challenging experience. This is a big one. I've seen a lot of people that once their partner is going through something really tough, they kind of turn away and they go, well, that's for you to navigate, right? So that balance of being responsible for yourself, but then also being committed to supporting each other, moving through things together. And even when there's adversity that makes you feel like it's me versus you, there's that separation to move through that and to work towards coming back to seeing yourself as a team. Now, that doesn't mean that it's always your responsibility to 
do things for your partner or show up for your partner, sometimes it'll feel right for you to show up and to support them and to do things. And other times it'll feel right for you to simply hold space for them, to care and give love for whatever they're going through, but it won't feel right for you to step in. So that's going to be sort of on a case-to-case basis based on what your inner authority is guiding you towards. But even if you're not directly stepping in and helping your partner, being on the same team means that you have this dedication of love in your heart about caring for whatever it is that they're going through and seeing yourselves as partners. You know, when they rise, you rise and vice versa. Yes. And to the opposite end of that, when we talk about like conscious uncoupling, for example, the same thing applies. That's still a conscious relationship. Even if it's choosing to not have a relationship, there's a consciousness to it of wanting the best for that person, wanting to help them get what it is that they're needing in life. So that way you can do the same. And whether that means you're stepping in or you're just holding space or you're offering resources, whatever that is, like Dana said, it's going to be based on your authority. But it's so important when it comes to supporting and being a team and being committed to, okay, we are both here together making our lives better collectively, consciously together. It's going to come down to, does this feel right in my body to do this thing? And if not, what does feel right in my body to do to support this person without, of course, you know, um, trampling your own boundaries. So having that team mindset, Dana and I use this all the time. If there's something that Dana's struggling with and it feels really good for me to step in and do, that feels amazing. It feels so supportive. And honestly, we don't even need to talk about it. And vice versa. Dana just steps in and does things because it feels good for her and it feels easy and it feels fascinating. And that is so supportive where we don't have to necessarily talk about it all the time. It's just this understanding of we are a team and it's not about being perfect. It's about knowing that we hold space for each other's growth. We hold space for each other's hard days and good days. And at the end of the day, we have each other's back. And that's the underlying intention behind everything that we do is this this love of support and setting our egos aside to be able to work as a team and, and support each other through whatever experiences or challenges come up. Yes. So the third sign is about honoring each other's inner authority. So when you love someone, when you're in a relationship with someone, we can have a tendency to feel like we want to control them or steer them out of love, right? Our conditioning can make us feel like if I love this person, I have to point them into the direction that I think is right for them. But that is not healthy, right? That is not how we thrive in relationship. Instead, it's all about letting the other person be the inner authority of their own life and learning how to support them in that. So here's where human design comes in. I genuinely think this is the most supportive love language of all time is knowing your partner or your your friend or whoever this person is, knowing how their inner authority works and supporting them in using that. So when they come to you for advice, really feeling in, is it correct for me to give them advice or give them encouragement right now? Maybe it is. Or do I just need to help support them and be a grounding force to help them find their own answers, to help them find their own truth? And in relationships, sometimes 
you know, one person might want to do one thing with their inner authority and the other person might want to do another. Let's say, for example, a husband and wife, the husband wants to move to a new state and the wife doesn't, right? Sometimes our inner authorities can choose different things in a partnership and that can create a lot of tension. That can create a lot of friction. That's a question that Shane and I get a lot, you know, in our business partnership. What if one of your authorities says yes to something, but the other person says no? It's really important to take into consideration the other person's truth and to not just um, avoid it or push them into something else. Like it's so important to want the other person in our conscious relationships to be aligned in their life, to have that freedom and empowerment, to be their own authority and to put that first above what you would want them to do or your expectations of them. Yeah. And that kind of touches back on the last point of being committed to being a team. You know, we always say that if you're making a decision together, use both both of you individually use your authorities on that thing. And if it's one person is a yes and the other person is a no, then go go to another option until you find something that it's like, okay, this is a yes for both of us. Like, yes, I actually do want to move here if I have A, B, C, and D. That that is a yes for me and my authority. A lot of times with these big decisions, when especially when you have two differing authorities telling you, you know, something opposite, um, is we haven't broken down the decision small enough to really use our authority. And we start with like the big thing of, do I want to, you know, move, for example? And it's like, mm, I could. And that's not a yes, right? That's also not a no, but it's not clarity. And your partner might have this, hell yes, I do. I know it crystal clear. And so breaking that down into, okay, the first step of like, do I want to look for places in this new space? And maybe that's a yes, I do. And so you go and you start looking there. It's going to help you refine to then get to a place where you both are in that yes space or you're both in that no space. But it is that commitment to being a team because when they rise, you rise. So knowing that, okay, if this is a yes for my partner what is needed to for this to be a yes for me let me really hone in on my authority here really break things down and work past whatever fears are there and see what fears are coming up there so we have a great mini course on this by the way in our besties membership where we talk about fear and using your authority and really breaking things down in a clear way for each of the different authorities so if this is something that's intriguing you and something that you're facing right now, you might want to consider joining that even just for a month to take those mini courses and really learn those things. You can find all of that in in the show notes as well. But the next point that we want to share is allowing your partner's evolution. And really, a healthy partnership is people who are committed to being present with one another as they evolve. And knowing that you are not who you are today for the rest of your life, and neither is your partner, the things that you're experiencing right now are not going to be the things that you're experiencing forever. And it can feel like that when you are going through something challenging or you're experiencing something hard, you can feel like, this is just who I am now. This is just how things are. And I'm going to be here forever. And knowing, holding the space for your own evolution and your partner's, getting curious about who is your partner today 
and not checking out after years and assuming that you know everything there is to know about that person. I think a lot of times that you can get into this complacent space of just going through the motions and on autopilot, but bringing consciousness into your relationship looks like allowing and holding space for that evolution and that growth and having curiosity and seeing how you're growing throughout the years together. Um, Growing outside of your relationship as well because of the different relationships that you have in your life and the different things that you're observing and learning in your life. It's so important that if you have step one of your individual... um, you know, accountability and responsibility and self-love, you are going to be evolving every single month of your life and holding that space not only for you, but for your partner allows them to then hold it back for you as well. Yeah. And I've been in relationships before where I felt like there was no space for me to evolve. And I felt like that other person had some past version of who I was and they were like holding me to it and saying, you're like this. And they weren't seeing me with fresh eyes for the work that I've done, the way that I've grown, the new interests that I've had, the new things that I've experienced. And the relationships where I felt the most loved, the most healthy, vibrant harmony and consciousness and awareness were those relationships where my evolution was celebrated and the other person was curious, was wanting, was cheering me on in my evolution. I think that's such a beautiful way to love. And that point about being in a, a conscious relationship, needing to have experiences outside of your relationship where you're evolving on your own. And then the other person being able to see that and observe that and share in that. But also I think it's very important to prioritize experiences that help you evolve together in a partnership, shared experiences that are new, um, shared intimacy and continued depth, shared playfulness, right? Prioritizing both. That's a polarity there. Prioritizing my own individual outside of this relationship and then also prioritizing the growth and the evolution together. I think that both of those things are really important. It doesn't have to be a 50-50 balance. It's just whatever feels good to you. But I think that in general, life is a about evolution. So if we bring love and appreciation for that into our relationships, that's what makes our relationships really sustainable. And the next point, number five, is all about radical honesty and loving communication. And these two things, right? Speaking your truth with radical honesty, but remembering to do it in a way that comes from love that comes from the heart. And it's important in order to be able to be honest, you have to know what your own truth is. So when it comes to human design, being really clear about your authority, what is right for you, what's not right for you, knowing who you are, like all the other steps that we've talked about are almost necessary in order to be able to actually communicate your truth with honesty um, and really being conscious of, am I speaking from my not self? Am I speaking from, you know, if I'm a projector, am I speaking from bitterness right now? Because that's not really my highest truth. 
that's not communicating in a loving way. Um, am I speaking from fear or my conditioning or from my mind? All of those things can really distort or twist the way that we communicate. So it's important to be aware of those things in yourself. If you're not aware of when your not self is peeking in, um, if you're not aware of that, then it makes it really challenging to be able to communicate in a really authentic, honest, and loving way. Yeah. And being radically honest, it requires a lot of courage with yourself and with others. It requires you to be radically honest with within yourself to to even say, I have been, you know, operating from a place of my conditioning and I have been operating from a place of my not self. And saying that, owning that, that's being radically honest with yourself because it's not about being perfect, right? It's not about never saying something that isn't loving or kind or helpful. It's about knowing and noticing, having awareness around the things that you're saying and doing and owning your shit. And then being radically honest with that too, because it brings people on your journey with you. Um, also, it's really important here to know your emotional center dynamics. If you're defined emotional, if you're undefined emotional, and are you speaking from an emotion that you're amplifying, or are you speaking from a, an emotional high or an emotional low? All of this requires awareness, but it's so important that you're not holding back from speaking your truth, even when it's hard or scary, because it can feel like, okay, if I'm going to be sharing from love and from um you know my highest expression from my self theme then i should hold back if i if it's anything less than that and there can be fear of like i don't want to say anything cuz what if i'm wrong or what if it is for my not self or what if it is for my conditioning and so the fine line really is first understanding your authority and understanding who it is that you are what your gifts are and observing what it is that you actually are feeling. And the main key here is vulnerability. If you show up with vulnerability in the way that you are communicating with your partners, um, your partnerships in your life, it's going to eventually come to a place of love and kindness and understanding because there's that vulnerability of, I'm not perfect. I'm figuring this out. I don't know if this is really how I feel, or maybe I'm just heightened right now. I don't know if this is actually what I want, but this is just what I'm feeling in this moment. And maybe I'm on a crash on my wave. Having that vulnerability and not holding back with what you're saying allows people to come and be close, be connected, be supporting you. And once again, feel like they're on your team because you're not pushing them away with your words. Vulnerability always brings people in with your words because there's this rawness, this realness that can't really be judged because it's it just is. And honestly, vulnerability is my favorite thing in the world because it's this thing that can't be... It, obviously, it can't be faked. It mm -hmm. can't be um, manipulated because it's so... It just is. And, and you can say something very confidently. But if you say something with vulnerability, it actually comes across with more confidence because you're not afraid to be seen in that raw state. So true. there's a it's, lot of things. Honestly, I could have a whole podcast on vulnerability because it's 
the, I want to say the magic wand for a lot of shit that's wrong in the world. I've been saying shit a lot this podcast. Like, is that my word lately? I don't know. Really? I yeah, didn't even notice that. <laughs> oh, I have because every time I say it, I'm like, oh shit, I don't say that word that much. <laughs> but <laughs> here I am saying it. Um, and I do, I think that it vulnerability is a, it's a magic wand. It is. I mean, obviously, if you're a manifester, it's such a big part of informing in your life and it is literally a magic wand. But if you think of the major issues going on in the world and the relationships that we have with the collective as a whole, if there was actual vulnerability and not ego and fronting and machismo and all of this, these blurry, not self dynamics, if there was true vulnerability of like, I'm just feeling scared, I'm feeling uncertain, I'm feeling unseen or unheard, whatever that thing is, there would be so much more love and connection and understanding and humanity in the world in general. So if you can kind of then like take that macro, you know, example and bring it down to your life as an individual, saying that vulnerable, I'm a mess, I don't know what I'm doing or I or feeling or whatever, but letting people meet you there, you are going to have so much magic and support and opportunities arise in your life that strengthen your relationships tenfold than having the answers and confidently saying what it is that you think that people need to hear in that moment of like, I love you. Like, that's it. Like, what's the vulnerable side of that? It's always going to bring more depth to your relationships. Yeah, it's almost like communicating with that level of just real rawness, that vulnerability. It diffuses these blocks that we create in between us, right? In between our relationships. Like I follow Kim Anami for a long time. She's this like tantric relationship coach. And she says that anything that you wanted to say, but then you held back, that creates a glass block between you and your partner. And over time, all those little tiny, things that you wanted to say, but then you didn't, that creates another glass block, this invisible wall, this invisible distance between your intimacy is being created by not being vulnerable, by not speaking up. And it's amazing how when we open our mouths and we say that vulnerable thing, you know, my inner child is feeling abandoned, or I'm afraid that you don't, you're not attracted to me, whatever those really raw, honest things are, they just shatter those invisible glass blocks that create that distance. It shatters that wall. And it's amazing how by just voicing something completely and radically honestly, by just voicing that, you actually remove that distance. And sometimes there's not even a solution that needs to be found. Sometimes it wasn't even actually a problem. It was just something that needed to be voiced and voicing it in and of itself releases that fear, diffuses that tension, releases that friction. So it's so funny. I feel like communication is such a standard, like almost cheesy thing to say is needed in a, in a relationship. Like I remember being in my 20s and hearing people say communication is everything in a marriage. I remember thinking like, what does that even mean? Like, does that mean that you just need to like talk all day long? Because I got that on lock, definitely. But <laughs> in my own marriage, I'm like, holy shit, they were right. Communication is everything. But real communication, authentic, vulnerable, aware, right? And accountable. 
accountable and uh, loving, respectful. So this is a big thing for me because I have an emotional wave. So we talked about how it's so important in order to be able to do this point in your relationship to understand your emotional dynamics with your solar plexus. So I have an emotional wave and approximately 50% of us listening have an emotional wave. And when you're on a low in your wave, you feel like you want to say things that are equal to that low feeling. And sometimes they're not your truth at all. And you're just feeling this like emotional pain inside. And it can feel easy to want to unleash that on someone else without really having that awareness at all. Or if you're in a low on your wave and you don't understand why, you don't understand that you have a wave, you start to look for like, what is it in my life that has made me feel this low emotion? And you can create problems where there are none. You can say lies and convince yourself that they're real. And I have done this so many times. I literally can't even tell you how many times I've done this in my own life, especially when I was younger, right? Not having the awareness of my low and my wave, being in a low and just feeling so emotionally shitty and painful. And then looking at my partner and just, you know, picking a fight where there really wasn't one and saying things that were hurtful to equal the hurt externally that I was feeling internally. And I love watching um, like shitty reality TV shows because I love seeing these dynamics. And Shane and I will watch like the same reality TV show and then text each other. Oh my gosh, that girl was on a low on her wave and she had no idea. And she said all of these things that were actually untrue and that were irresponsible from a lack of awareness, right? Because she wasn't aware that she had that emotional wave, that low happening. Gosh, if everyone could know just one thing in life, it would be like that would change the whole world. It would be understanding our emotions. And if you have an emotional wave or if you don't, honestly, it would change everything. And I want to have a whole podcast about this, which we will. So I'll save my whole rant that I have about that for that. Um, But the... It's so funny, you know, I I grew up too with my parents always saying communication's key, communication's key. Mm -hmm. And they had like the worst relationship on planet Earth. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's so easy to put like a prescription over something that I think a lot of like traditional and especially old school therapy or relationship teachings would tell you, like you just need to communicate. But if you're communicating from a place of... um. Uh, not having awareness or mm-hmm. not taking accountability or just wanting to pass blame and not wanting to actually change your life or or love your life or have consciousness within the things that you're saying and doing, you can communicate all day long and go absolutely nowhere because all you're saying is, you're not hearing me. You're wrong. I'm right. You know, I, whatever those things are. So it's so important especially if you're in a relationship where you feel like you are not being heard in general to go back to the previous steps, you know, one, two, three, four, five, like go, or maybe this is five, all the previous (laughs) four steps, you know, go back to those and really take accountability for your own energy, understanding your authority, loving yourself, fully seeing yourself, because that's going to be the only way that you hold space to allow others to do the same and really see you as well. So there's there's a lot that we can speak to this point, but um, it has to start with you always. And 
you being the one that's listening to this and that's wanting to bring consciousness into your life, into your partnerships. If you just take that first step and do it for yourself, it's going to hold that space and energetically create more of that in your life and all of your relationships in general. Um, Okay. So the last step or sign, if you will, is acceptance. Accepting each other's differences. And this is a huge point. Um, You know, Ra Ruhu says, if you allow someone to be who they are and they allow you to be who you are, then that's love. Anything else is torture. And (laughs) I really resonate with that. And I, I really you know, believe that because it can feel scary to allow someone to be different than you and fully who they are, especially if maybe you started the relationship thinking that you were the same or really connecting over your similarities and then discovering your differences and honoring your design it naturally the repercussions i should say of understanding your human design which is the main thing that we love about it is that it allows you to then understand how you're different from others and then ultimately how they're different from you and hold space for those differences and foster just naturally a love that honestly up until understanding human design has been so hard to foster that love between in like two people. So having that unconditional love obviously has to start with yourself by understanding how you're different, then understanding how they're different. And then naturally, you're going to allow them to be who they are. And you trying to control someone else is not only torture for them, it's torture for you. So having acceptance of we're different. This also means, you know, having acceptance that maybe you're on different paths right now. Maybe you're at different levels of awareness of your design or navigating different challenges or... Um, navigating different desires for self-growth. And that's okay. You don't have to be climbing the same exact step with your partner at every single day and moment in your life to be growing in the same direction or to be connected and having a close relationship. Accepting the fact that you're here to grow in different ways and that you're only accountable for your own growth, your own design, honoring your own truth, that acceptance piece, not just for yourself, but also for your partner is huge. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Like, I think acceptance is another word for love. I mean, there's so... Love is so big. How could we define it in one phrase? But acceptance is definitely part of that. Um, Allowing someone to be who they are, seeing who they are, celebrating who they are, even when it's different than you, even when it's challenging. At the end of the day, that is what we all crave from one another. We want to be seen for who we really are, and we want to be loved and accepted for who we really are. I think that is a core feeling. That is how we receive love. So having that awareness and wanting to give that to your partner That is so beautiful, coming home to that. And it's interesting, like I've observed my mom and my stepdad have been married now for 30 years. And my mom is so accepting and kind to like any new person. Like literally you could say you do anything or have any interest and she'd be like, wow, that's amazing. That's so great. Or any quirk that you bring to the table, any personality trait, she's so accepting. Then when it comes to something that my stepdad says, she's just like immediately 
immediately judges him. Like, why would you say that? I'm like, mom, you're so loving and kind and accepting (laughs) to every single person. How come your partner who you're closest to out of anyone is the person that you're not extending this acceptance to? And through observing that, I've really been able to see in my own life too, that sometimes the people that we are the closest with, that we feel the most comfortable with, those are the people that we feel the most comfortable judging. Those are the people we feel the most comfortable shushing, quieting their experience, right? Because there is that level of comfortability. So it's really important to bring back this divine, sacred intention of completely loving someone for exactly who they are without wanting to intervene, without wanting to change them or stop them, but instead wanting to water their essence and root for them as they grow. I think that's such a beautiful way to live life. And the more that you focus on giving that to other people, you open up that channel to receive that same level of acceptance and self-love back. Yeah. And I think a fun little hack is like making light of of their quirks. You know, the small things that like we judge or we say like, that's not you. Like I've known you for years. Like, why are you doing this now? Or, you know, whatever that is. Um, there can be a tendency, especially when you're trying to have someone be like you to say like, why would you do it that way? Like why you always do this and that's so silly or so stupid, but it's, it's, and it's like the smallest thing that we're judging in our partners or our, our relationships and instead kind of shifting of like, okay, that's so interesting. That's so funny. Like that's so, um, like I love witnessing that in you. It's, it does allow you to allow them to evolve once again, going back to that step. But also it just brings more fun and acceptance and joy into your life. Now, obviously, this isn't going to apply to like if they're abusive or something like that. But if it's something so small that we're judging, like how they put the dishes away or how they, you know, um, always pace when they're on the phone or how they, you know, talk, get stuck talking to the neighbor outside forever when you have dinner and it's freezing now. Like little things that honestly don't really matter. We can bring so much judgment and heaviness in. So just reminding yourself like, oh yeah, obviously if this was a stranger or like a friend even, I would not be judging this. I'd be just accepting it. But the fact that it's my partner, I have so much more weight there. Can I just bring that like lightness of their quirks, like, and that, that kind of love and joy into that space a little bit more? Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, when we talk about conscious partnerships and relationships, you hear people say a lot that your relationships are like a mirror, that they will illuminate the things in you that are wounded or that are not healed. And I think that that's really true. Like almost all of these six points that we've talked about require a internal connection to yourself, requires your own self-love, requires your own self-acceptance. It's really challenging to truly and fully accept someone else if you don't accept yourself. It's really, truly challenging to communicate authentically and vulnerably if you're not aware of what your truth is, right? A lot of these points in relationships, it'll show us the work that we have to do within so that we can show up in this conscious, connective relationship. Yes. So this episode was really fun to talk about actually. And maybe we're moving more into relationships 
things <laughs> as we move forward. Um, you know, going into this next chapter of my life, having a baby, I think relationships are just going to be deepening and changing and shifting, but also um, just a new layer, right? In in every aspect of my life, but the it's everything's a mirror to yourself, like Dana was saying, where the more acceptance that you have for yourself, you can extend to others. The more that you've sent it to others, you can ex- receive it for yourself. And same thing with all of these points that we've gone over. So even if you've been focused on your purpose and your gifts and your business or your work life or you know, really leaning into your highest expression in how you're what you're doing each day, that is focusing on your relationships. That is aligning you to be in the right place at the right time to meet your soulmate. So many people ask us, how do I find my soulmate? Like I've just been looking for the one forever and ever and ever. And it really is always the same answer of using your strategy and authority, like really getting clear on who are you? Are you using your gifts in their highest expression? Because if you're not, you're going to be in a wrong place at the wrong time, meeting the same shitty guys, doing the same circles or patterns that you've been doing your whole life. And it takes changing something by really listening to your body, really getting clear on who you are, really loving yourself. That first step of of individual responsibility to then bring you to meeting that person who can see you in your highest expression. Because if somebody's always just seeing you in your lowest, maybe they're not even seeing you. Maybe you're on a different frequency where they're not even, you know, talking to you or bumping into you or swiping right on you or whatever the situation is. But if you are truly loving yourself and in your highest expression and accepting yourself and listening to your truth and listening to your body, there's nothing more magnetic than that on earth in our human experience. You simply can't not attract your person. Like you will attract the things that are on that same frequency, the perfect person who is meeting you there and rising with you. And you'll stop attracting people that are maybe on that lower frequency, people who aren't honoring their truth, etc. So it always starts with you. Life is a mirror. And if you're wanting something, anything in life, it always has to start with you and cleaning up your energy increasing your magnetism, falling in love with your life, taking life by the reins and really owning it. And that is going to bring the same reflection back to you and meet you there and take you tenfold higher. So it really is amazing. Human design is incredible. And we love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, We encourage you to go do something that connects you to feeling life this week, whether that is an amazing meal, you know, watching a movie, putting on music and dancing. We have a newsletter that came out or is coming out this week that has our favorite tips for deepening this connection to life and your loved ones that you're meant to flourish and nourish in your life. So check out that newsletter. Um, Dive in and we are sending you so much love. As always, you can find all of our stuff on our website, daylunalife.com or on Instagram at dayluna. And we hope you have a beautiful, connected, conscious rest of your week.